You're listening to The B Word Unpacked, brought to you by Good Stock Consulting. Welcome back, BPAC. Now, if y'all have been following us, there's one thing you know that we stress, and that is protecting your energy. And so today's B word is going to be boundaries, mm. boundaries. Right. I'm going to say it again. Boundaries. boundaries. <laughs> Y'all, creating boundaries, it's an art that really has to be mastered in every relationship from your work to your friends to your family. But we all know that it can be so hard. The kind of subject that deserves its own certificate of completion. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I got that certificate. Right. Um, so before we dive into this emotional martial arts course, let's do a little lightning round, shall we? We all have three very different personality types. We always say very. Uh, We got earth, that would be me. We got wind, that would be Kim. And we got fire, that would be Evan. And why is it? And, uh, you know... I'm curious, does our personality types impact how we structure our boundaries? Yeah, why don't you kick us off? You know, child, listen, okay. Now, you know, people give me this fire personality type, and I don't know why, honestly. Like, I don't feel like I'm a fire um, kind of person, but my sister Judy calls me a little pistol starter, and I promise y'all I try, I honestly try not to be. It's just that I am very clear and concise on creating limitations on how someone pushes me and I'm quick to cut them off. And I and I do mean that when I say cut off, I mean completely. Like, so maybe I am kind of like a little piss starter. Maybe. 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 Kinda, maybe, that maybe. But yeah, but the reason why is that I honestly, I understand at this stage of my life, how if, if your boundaries are feeling like they're being pushed, that is an activation of your adrenal axis, that it can lead to chronic, more, like, conditions like illnesses like hypertension diabetes cancers I and I don't have time for it so what I what I've now learned to do is to recognize that if I feel like there's negative energy coming towards me I am an empath it makes me feel a certain way um and so I try not to go back and forth with people like what's that song you know what I'm talking about. Living my best yeah, life. No, okay. I ain't going, I ain't back, going and back and forth with you. <laughs> okay. I'm not I love going it. Back, I love that I'm shit. I'm not going back and forth with you. And so what uh, I choose to do is to say, I'm, I can no longer try to convince people. If I feel like my space is being violated, what I will do is I'm more than happy to allow you to have that space and continue to believe whatever it is that you're believing. And I'm just going to simply remove myself. So I would I would say if I'm fire I, I think I want to be a lukewarm fire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, we are, people in hell want water. <laughs> what about you, Kelly? So as the Earth um, sign of the group, I'd say it's pretty simple for me. You know, there's two sayings that I rely on when I think about boundaries. Uh, when someone shows you who they are, believe them uh-huh. the first time. And then, you know, this is very old school, but everybody's heard it. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I mean, mm-hmm. I think people show you who they are quickly. Mm-hmm. And based on your gut instinct, you really know, you know, how little of or much of yourself, your space, your energy you are going to give them. But the reality is it's not easy to put that into practice, especially. Especially, especially when you're talking about your family. Right. You know, family boundaries are incredibly hard to put in place. But the older I've gotten, the more cognizant I've also gotten about how valuable and scarce my mm-hmm. time is. And so I just try to be cool with the boundaries I've created because mm-hmm. Lord knows 
therapy has helped me work through some of those boundaries. Thank God for the therapy, right? Yeah, Yeah. thank So totally random tangent. So when you said the fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame. I mean, yeah, shame on me. Remember when George was, that's what I kept thinking of. He was like, fool me once, shame (laughs) on you, fool me, fool fool me twice. You you, you can't get fooled again. You can't can't fool me again. I was like, God, and this was our president. Right. Mm. But so I'm the wind of the group and I have two quotes that I actually love that kind of helped me navigate. So one is by Jimmy Dean. It's, I can't change the direction of the wind, but I can adjust my sails to always reach my destination. Mm, Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean. Sausage? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Listen. What listen? You I thought, no, I didn't. Kelly, I didn't. It was like one of those Google searches. And I was like, I Kelly, like that. And I, I right found now. this like years ago and I was like, that speaks to me. Listen, you sound like 45. to me. Right. You know what? It stuff could up be up. the sausage man. Okay, I'm just he has very good sausage. Very good sausage. And then the Ew. other quote that I love, right. um, it says, there's nothing more brave than a candle persisting to live in the wind. Mm. And I had to adjust my personality as I grew older because I'm naturally neurotic. Oh, and highly play. anxious. Right? Whatever. I'm surprised. Whatever, Ebony. Okay. Yeah, and so growing up, I would have like straight panic attacks if things were not in order as they should be. Like you cannot change the plan on me. Mm-hmm. You can't invite me to dinner and then there's two other people sitting here. You cannot um, say be here at this time and then not be on time. Mm-hmm. We, things need to be prepped and ready. Like it was just, it was so stressful. And through college, I learned that not only is it off-putting, but it stresses me out more than anybody else around me. Right. Um, and then when people stop, talking to you or inviting you or choosing to be around you, you got to stop and look at yourself and say, well, shit, maybe it's me. And so I had to learn to dial back and allow life to lead me in some instances. So when it comes to drawing boundaries with people, as long as you are consistently yourself, I'm going to allow you to be yourself and I'm going to take you for who you are. Right. I don't need um, hard, rigid boundaries because I understand that people change, people grow, Mm -hmm. and I can be nimble with you as long as you're a good person. Right. As long as you're a good person and you're being consistent, I can be nimble in how I react to you and how I engage with you, and I can adjust my sails so that we all get to the destination. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now that we've exposed our personality disorders for everybody in the world, okay, let's, let's get to unpacking this B word, y'all. Boundaries. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the B side. side. So now y'all know. I am a social media connoisseur. Like, I'm talking upwards of a few years ago. You can guarantee a post a day on Facebook where I would get my thoughts on absolutely any and everything. And to be honest, it's probably where the name Pistol Starter came from. (laughs) Because because I held absolutely nothing back. It was intense. Maybe I am fire. Around 2013, after finding out I was the first African-American female anesthesiologist at MUSC, since it's opened in 1824, my, right? But my mm-hmm. after that, I made a little post of saying because I was I was mad again. Cause maybe you know what I you am, were like, always I'm mad. On fire. You were always I mad. I was always mad, but I was mad at the fact that I was the first and 
where some people would be happy about that, it made me mad because I recognized there were literally mm-hmm. thousands of women that deserved that position before me in centuries. that didn't have it, yeah, right? For centuries. And the way I found out about it is I literally went to my boss and said, hey, I want to, um, at church, I want to honor the woman, the women who came before me. Can you let me know the name of the black female anesthesiologist that worked here before me because I want to I want to honor her. And they were like, great. And you're right. And they said, um, look in the mirror. You, you are it. And so, so you know I got on Facebook. And I was oh, like, God. Oh, I'm, about to, I'm about to show oh, everybody the truth. Of I'm going to get on Facebook and blow my job up right. for being racist. Oh, oh you know what? Right. That, was, sounds sound. right. that, that, that sounds sound. That great. makes sense. But it's one of those things I fear nothing. I fear nothing but <laughs> nothing. Jesus, okay? So I went on Facebook and I said, I may be the first, but I refuse to be the last. Absolutely. Right? And so I said, send me your daughters, send me your cousins, your cousins, friends, cousins. You sure did. Because what we're going to do is we're going to flood this place with people that look just like me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking, I'm just letting that steam off and everything's going to go away. Y'all, when I say the post went viral. It went um, bananas. Shout out to Deronda Washington. She put it together in a nice, um, in a very. Hey, Deronda. That's my line sister. Very politically correct. Because you know, she's a first lady. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so she took Uh cuss words out. (laughs) Put it into a shareable form. She's so form. classy. Right, she's so classy. And since then, my 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 account blew up and it went absolutely viral. And so what I finally saw, though, is with, with this account going viral, is that slowly I found myself boundless. Like, it came to a point that in my small town, I was recognized every single where I went. Mm-hmm. Y'all know I'm an introvert, although most people don't recognize that and tr- they refuse to let me be one. But, um... But now I was expected to not only show up to all these events, but mm-hmm. actually be the keynote mm-hmm. and whatever my views and and all my views are now readily shared on this platform from events to national campaigns. Locally famous. Right. Locally famous. And it was one of those things that more the more it grew, I felt that I was no longer in control of my personal life. Wow. Like people, all, like all of whom I really, I didn't know. Okay, let's just be frank. I, I never met these people before. But they almost had a sense of entitlement to my life. Like mm-hmm. they had a sense of entitlement to me. Like if I didn't if I didn't post one day, it was like a, hey, are you okay? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And I was like, okay. That's a lot. Right. I mean, like almost to the point that I was having panic attacks. I felt emotionally, mm-hmm. physically, and mentally absolutely exhausted. Like I was having arguments with people on a day-to-day basis about this pseudo world of Facebook. And then yeah. finally I said, one day, I'm done. Like I literally was on Facebook heavy to the point, and then the next day I was like, "Drop, baby. ghost, ghost and gone." So I've inched my way off of Facebook, um, but now I still enjoy the toys of Instagram because Instagram is is pictures of dogs and cats. Mm. And, and <laughs> like, it ain't nothing too serious. Mm-hmm. And now I'm tip twiddling over over to Twitter. Yeah, you're getting into that Twitter. Twitter. I like Twitter. Yeah, you do. Right? And but Twitter, I feel like it's it's less personal than what Facebook was for me. But it is hard to break that addition of this worldwide access to any and everyone. So, like, has that happened to y'all? And if so, with social media, like, how do you create these boundaries to make sure that people recognize that you don't have 24-hour, you know, access to me? Right. Right. That's hard with social media. Yeah. What about you, Kelly? That's 
honestly never been an issue for me because mm -hmm. y'all know I'm not, I've never been big on social media. Right. I say the most active I was on social media was when I had a Facebook account like 10 years ago. Did you have black printing? Um, black I didn't have black printing. <laughs> I didn't have MySpace. Like, what I, else honestly, no, <laughs> honestly, I'm like the opposite of social media. Right. I don't I don't even know what that would be, but right. whatever that term is, that's, that's Kelly. Right. So, you know, I would maybe post on Facebook once or twice a week. I mean, the only social media platform I currently use is LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to hustle up on another job. There so, you go. Um, the social media piece really has never been a challenge for me because I just don't engage in it that much. I mean, if somebody needs to know something about me, they'll know because right. I done picked up the phone and called them. There you I'm go. Talking old school. You are old right. school old call. School. You yeah. are I old like school call. call. Right. Yeah. I still like a phone call. Right. I like. I'm very selective on social media platforms because I don't like too many people in my personal life for right. everything you yeah. just described right. at me. Like, I was even nervous at one point about, like, taking pictures in my home. If you notice on my Facebook Which page. Which is absolutely gorgeous, what, by the way. Thank I'm you. staying there today. Y'all, it looks like thank when you God. walk into, you know how Pottery Barn, you walk in and you're like, ooh, this, like, feels like, <laughs> like, like nice. I want this and I want this. And that. that's, that's Kim's. House. Cause I love my house. Oh my That's God. my space. Oh, That's like my sanctuary. sanctuary. I don't. Like so it, I wanted to feel that way. When you walk into my house, I want you to feel like I want to take my shoes off no. right here and yeah. get on the couch I, with, get and get comfy. It feels. It looks rich. Oh, okay? it uh, looks rich. Uh, uh, right, uh. ma'am. All that stuff from Target. I love it. But I. I'm protective of that. So if you even go on my Facebook, you'll notice like when I take pictures in my home, it's in the same space. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want you. Yeah. Looking around my house because mm -hmm. when I invite you to my house, that's personal for me. Right. Like that's a connection for me. You know people zooming in. You know they zooming in. They like they're like, oh, I like that countertop. I'm like, why right. you see the countertop? What are they? Or yeah, I just why so, are you looking at the countertop anyway? Yeah, social media can be pretty invasive, yeah. and so I I temper that by only posting funny stories about my kids yeah. or like a selfie here and there, Instagram, like that kind of stuff. But I'm pretty shallow. On social media, Jocelyn, our communications coordinator. Shout out, Jocelyn. We were talking about this over text. I was like, Jocelyn, am I supposed to be posting what I'm eating? Like, this is weird. How, how do I build these friends? I was like, I'm going to have to leave this to Ed because I, <laughs> I cannot engage with strangers because I don't know how. Yeah. It's awkward for me. Same. I don't even try to engage with them, though. I mean, honestly, I'll post something that I think is look right. Low suspect. Sometimes it's a little bit controversial, but sometimes I'm just literally talking about the fact that I like Skittles. See, that is weird to me. Right. And that's what they're doing but on the I Twitters. Like the that's Skittles. what they're doing on the Twitters. I don't See? like the red. See Skittles. what I mean? Foolishness. Right. So what? So given our schedules, because y'all know we're all like yep. crazy busy, right? right? Looking busy. How do you guys manage boundaries with real friends? Not these social media people, but like mm -hmm. with your real friends. How do you set limits? So that they respect your professional hustle, but without causing World War Three. Uh, Y'all, I mean, honestly, this one is a very tough, tough one for me because my work schedule is so crazy. Like, literally, uh, there may be some weeks that I work from, you know, literally 100 hours a week. And yeah. it comes down to... I just don't have time, which makes sometimes, and maybe that was my safeguard of social media because I'm so busy and mm -hmm. I'm literally either at work or I'm in the bed sleep right now that I don't have that that connection mm -hmm. to be made. Right. But um, but there's been a few times with some people that I consider like my best best friends, like my sister friends, that I had to say, hey, look, I my bandwidth right now, mm -hmm. I am trying to be, and this is where we good to have like just only 
two best friends. Right. <laughs> right. Because you have I to go through all the right. things. Right. You have but to remember all say, the things. No, that's what I say, though. Look, we're going to have one meeting, friends. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody who can attend, I want to see every last one of yes. you. And if you can come together, yes. go watch this movie, and we can hold hands. There you go. Because I only had three hours this week. There we go. And then the other three hours, I need to just sit there and look at myself mm-hmm. and, and just and just figure out how did I get to the stage. But um, but honestly, that's that's the thing with having a good friendship, at least, is that um, friends and family, that they recognize that, these boundaries have to be in order for this person to maintain their to sanity. Sustain, right? right? Yeah. What about you, Kels? I don't know. I think that for me, the older I've gotten and the, the busier I've gotten with all the life roles, mm-hmm. I've really just had to think about how do I spend time with people. For me, it's really all about the time. And, right. and I, I mentioned this on one of our previous episodes, but I've also had to get comfortable with the notion that friendships really are just for a season. In some instances, some will last a lifetime Correct. and some will be seasonal. And don't get me wrong, those seasons can be incredible. You right. know, I had the whole grad school party season. I had the early career going out to a gazillion happy hours. There season. you go. You, know, you name <laughs> crab it. Cakes. Crab cakes. <laughs> all of that. You know, cosmos. Right. Crab yes. cakes and cosmos. Yes. That was my jam. But, you know, I've had to just really scale it way back to ensure that for those true blue old school friends that I'm able to be in consistent communication with them. And so, and consistent might mean every other month. But the thing about those every other month conversations, because you know I like to call, is when we pick up the phone, we pick up right where we left off. It's like two months didn't even pass and you just hit this natural rhythm. And Mm -hmm. so it's really for me about carving out the time and then creating boundaries for things that aren't as important so I can focus on that inner circle. Which I I said, you know, I keep on my one hand. And I just learned something. So you like the phone calls. I love calls. See, I'm a tester and literally it gets to a point if someone calls my phone, y'all, I would look and I'm like, mad. what the like, what? Like, what the oh, what? No, I just look at it. Like a deer head. Did you want to hear I'm, my I'm voice? At the phone and I'm like, okay, <laughs> do you answer? Do you just, just, just let it ring? Just let it ring. <laughs> and, so and then text. Apple. Right. And what I'm mad about with iPhone, first of all, iPhone, can we talk for a second? Why are you holding my phone hostage? Why is it when someone calls my phone? I can't continue to do whatever I was doing previously on my phone without that person first hanging up. Or you have huh. to send them the voicemail, and they and we know it yeah. if you're doing it. Because yeah. mm-hmm. then I got a side button, right? So <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I'm being held. Um, like they, accountable. they should be paying my bills. Right? They should be paying you're my being held accountable. But I just learned. So, okay. So, see, this is. That see? makes sense. That makes sense. That makes Different sense. in communication. Amen. So, I find that. So, I actually told um, Eb last night. I was like. Girl, last week I had to tell myself, if you got to pee, go pee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I get so caught up in work yep. that I will shut down bodily functions yep. to work. Um, and so I have to program. It's because I love my Kim, job. You stand, Kim has that one of those standing up desks. I, when I, when oh, I, I do. I have a standing desk. I, have, I was like, I what the hell is this? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I know. Because like I'm at sit. this desk all day. Yeah, I don't even. Go, yeah. And I don't go out for lunch because if I leave here, I'm going home. So I stay in my space all day. And so I got to be able to get up, up with down. five or six screens open on two, they, two, <laughs> two computers. <laughs> So I have I have learned that I have to make more time for family mm-hmm. because I do value them and my parents are getting older and my kids are still young and I still want to keep this man. Right. So I have to Shout start to 
ha ha, Paul right. Bunyan. Right. So I have to prioritize. I have to put truth to what I'm saying. If right. I say that you're important, then I have to treat you like you're important. So like I have to make time for the family things that I think is just fluff. Yep. Right. Because it's important to them. So I got to go to the cookouts. Yep. I got to I got to go hang out at the on the porch. I got to go do that because my family is so important to me and how I register it as, well, I'm working hard to make y'all proud. I'm working hard to have things for us, but they just want time. And so I've had to learn to build boundaries at work yep. and stop um Take it home. And stop taking it home. Yeah. You can't help it. Yeah. My baby was playing meeting, y'all. I mean, yes, I'm always taking it home. That little one. That little beautiful. And so I have to learn how to make time for the things that I truly say are important. So building boundaries in that workspace for me has been very important. Well, Kim, I think that's a perfect segue. Let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, what have building boundaries or erecting and keeping those boundaries solid looked like for y'all in the workplace? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it looks easy for me in the workplace because I'm the boss. And so right. people going to do what I say to do. <laughs> Hashtag boss. <laughs> but I'm also conscious of that because I don't ever want to flex my authority mm-hmm. and take advantage of my team. And so when I feel like I'm overworking that privilege, I'll do a spot check with my managers like, I know I'm not there. You need me to help with something. Let me play second fiddle to you. Or I'm giving you authority to make decisions because I have to be somewhere else. So I can't have it both ways. I can't not be there, but also want to be in control of everything. So you got to, you know, allow people, you got to share the wealth. What about for some of our younger listeners? I mean, what was setting up those boundaries like when you were, say, in your late 20s or your early 30s? I didn't have them. Right. I didn't have them because mm-hmm. I was really into working. I mean, I started working full time at 19. And so I've always really been into work. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I had those boundaries at t- in, in those early years. So maybe y'all can talk either. about what right. that looks I mean, like. I yeah. And I don't even know in hindsight what I would have done differently. I honestly yeah. think because you, when you're in your 20s, you have a, a lot more energy mm-hmm. that you can, oh, God. You can sustain. The, like I didn't get into town this uh, morning to 4 a.m., I used to go out to the club to 4 a.m. Was mad when they turned the lights off. Hello. Look at a hot mess at 2 a.m. <laughs> but, but now, by, it literally was a stretch for me to actually make it. I pulled over. And I slept in the parking lot, y'all. <laughs> so what I used to be able to do, and, and in being in medicine, honestly, the boundaries that I set as a med student versus a resident and now as attending very much has changed along the way because in being the boss, it really is one of these things of I now have to set boundaries specifically to make sure that I'm setting a good example for those coming kind of beneath me. Mm-hmm. And one of, one of the things I always tell to my mentees is that this is the youngest you're going to ever be in life. That's true. You're, you will never be 22, 23, mm-hmm. 24 again. again. Shout out to Cassidy Sullivan. I just told her this. She's going to be on her way to a full ride to medical school. Yes. But I just told her, if you want to take a gap year because you're 22 years old and you want to go and see the world, Trust me, babe, whatever it is for you, you're going to have. Absolutely. Go and explore and, and, and truly be happy in its completeness. And so what I try to do as an attending now, too, is if I see other people in the hospital in particular, you can have a lot of egos, a lot of type A people mm-hmm. who are, you know. No shade. Right. No shade, but These true. doctors, Lord. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, you talk about some personality disorder. Oh. Okay, with a coat on it. Yes. So there's oftentimes where I have to say, hey, 
med students or residents, if someone says something to you inappropriately, I don't even want you to say something. You just come and tap me on the shoulder. Look at you. Let fire. Fire. Okay. Oh, yeah, that is. A- <laughs> <laughs> no, but the truth is because in the hierarchy of medicine, as a student, you do feel intimidated. You do. Someone, someone is literally going to grade you and determine whether or not you can get a job in the coming weeks. Right. But again, I fear. I have two fathers, Jesus and Kenneth Tyrone Hilton. Hello. Shout out to my father. Okay. God. And those are only two men that can ever tell me anything. That's okay. True. So I, I fear. I fear no man. If if there's something that needs to be said. I don't hesitate to create the boundaries for people that may not have the voice to create it for themselves. So mm-hmm. there you go. I'd say in my 20s and early 30s, I, I was like you, Kim. I didn't mm-hmm. really have the boundaries. I mean, if anything, work was the space and the place where I made my social connections, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it was over shared professional interests. Right. It was about happy hour. Right. And, and let me tell you, listeners, you know, folks, myself included, definitely enter into the zone of overshare. Three cocktails in and cross a lot of boundaries, right? So happy hours lead to some challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, Two for twenty. Yeah, listen, man. listen. Yeah, man. Don't ever be the drunkest one in the party. Not at the work party. You don't want to nah, 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 nah. You don't want to be that person. Lesson you know, learned. During that season in my twenties, I had a super close relationship with my boss, and I'm talking about we traveled together. My mama used to cook shrimp and grits for this person. Mm. We'd go to Saturday matinees, like we were tight. Okay. Yes. And that relationship. Wait, man or woman? Man. Oh, oh. hold on. Gay. Oh. Gay. Oh, oh. Because I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Because you were in a relationship. That is spectrum, okay? That. That is a spectrum. You trying yes. to say maybe he was bisexual? No, no, he wasn't. He, he wasn't. It was strictly okay, strictly Kelly. Buds. Mm. Okay, buds. Kelly. Mm. Yeah, I, I wasn't in a relationship. I didn't realize I was in. <laughs> that has happened, but okay. it was not. It Kelly, was not wait a minute, we together. Are we together? It's like, are we? Y'all going to, y'all going to movie and dinner? Yeah. Y'all and brunch. Like, and brunch. Y'all together all day. And brunch. Y'all roommates. <laughs> but, but the reality is, I mean, that relationship went super sideways. And after oh, wow. Year, I said, you know what? I'm putting, you know, the stake in the sand. Mm. I'm drawing a line down. And I set up real strict boundaries about how I would engage socially with people at work. And really? so when I started a new job back in 2015, those boundaries were tested because everybody at the job was so fly. It felt right. like I had entered a think tank. There was yeah. people I was vibing with, right. but I held back. They were asking me to lunch. I was like, oh, uh, maybe next time. Uh, asking me to happy hour. You had PTSD. Had, like, I'd have flashbacks. And oh, I'd be like, man. oh, you know, let me think about it. And then finally, shout out to Dewana, my work wife. She came into my office one day and closed the door. And she was like, Kelly, I just need you to know that Everybody in the office calls you Drake. No new friends. And, uh, <laughs> that's my nickname. That's my She's like, I didn't call you Drake. Okay. And then I was like, okay. It cracked me up. I loosened up. And now I do have work friends. Oh, that's yes. Them boundaries can shift. But yes. Kelly, you do have those hard boundaries. I know when I met her, I was like, why is she acting like she's not going to like me? Because she's going to like me. I mean, I'm confused. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? I am friendly. I am cute. I am bubbly. You will like me. And, we will be friends. Yes. And listen, I, apparently I do this all the time because Talaria, we used to work together. And she used to ice me out the same way. And I was like, what is she doing? What are we doing? You will like me. And I went into her office every day. And she was probably like, why is this gnat of a girl? Keep I was like, because I like you. So that means means you will We're like me and, and so you, we gonna be you call friends. me you call me stalker though right whatever Hashtag, listen, whatever that was, okay, that was Kimberly Butler I know <laughs> when I like something I'm going to get it <laughs> go for it doggone it, it. Go for it. yes yes 
So now that we know, we kind of went through some things, we lived some things. Right. What are some rules we should probably live by with these boundaries, especially for like our budding leaders? What are some some gems we can drop on them so that they don't make the same mistakes we did? Mm-hmm. I would think that the main thing is, I think when I had the looseness of boundaries was when I truly questioned my own worth. So I felt like I needed to be agreeable and available and adjustable to everyone else to be included. Mm-hmm. And so I think the biggest thing that you can do as far as a young person is truly get to know, like, who who are you? And be yes, you need to be able to be open to be influenced by other people, but not if it's at the expense of your own energy. So... Trust that you're that you're worthy. Know that when you walk into a room that you're adding absolute value to that room and you'll find your own circle. So don't be afraid of being. I'd rather be on the island of one than being on an island full of people that I really I can't Who stand. don't even care about you. Right, right. 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 What about you, Kelly? You know, for our younger listeners, I would definitely just say make sure that your boundaries are clear because we can have boundaries that are set in our head that other people just don't even realize. Right. That's true. I think it's really important to articulate those boundaries. So I would say that. And then also to younger folk and, and hell, even to listeners our age, don't be like Kelly. And make those boundaries too firm mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you never know who you're going to encounter in that workspace. Right. And so be open to it. But then also, and this is real basic, but remember your home training because right. yes. you got to remember how you would engage with people yes. in settings outside of the workplace as well as inside of the workplace. And to me, like that level of engagement, it crosses all boundaries. So remember how you want to be treated. Treat people in that same way. And don't be shy about letting people know, no, no, this isn't okay with me. Right. This is the way in which I flow. And, I think, and be direct in that. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, how Kelly said, don't be like her. I also say, don't be like, don't, don't be, be like young like Ebony. Yeah. Right. <laughs> don't be the opposite. Listen, don't, don't be the opposite. Be, don't Just be trigger ready. Trigger Sit, sitting on ready. Listen, about, oh, I sh- I'm sorry I shot you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to shoot. I didn't mean to hurt again. It's a reflex. It was a reflex. Yes. But the thing is, is that. You don't have to be on guard. I think I was on guard a lot um, earlier on, and it and it did potentially. I became mm-hmm. intolerant of intolerance. Yeah, and that's an intolerable person. So, um, so yeah. So you learn that everyone's personality type is different. Correct. And that they're going to approach things in different ways. And getting to understand the other person may actually help your relationship to grow and to blossom, where you don't have to create that hard fast boundary anymore. It's like, oh, that's just. Yeah. That's just who we are. That that goes back to my quote from the top of the podcast about there's nothing more brave Wait, than a candle. Bean? Not Jim Beam, oh, not the sausage, <laughs> but there's nothing more brave than a candle persisting to live in the wind. So be nimble, be vulnerable, be open to people because you never know who may come into your life to bless it. But but be intentional. I think I say that all the time. Curate your circles in a way that speaks to who you are. Right. If these people do not add to who you are, they should not be around you because life is fast and life is short. And so you want to make sure every moment, every minute counts and it's what you want. But I think it goes back to what the ladies were saying about self-worth and being direct and being nimble and flexible with life. So now that we've given you guys some gems, it's time to be bothered. 
All right, guys. So we've shared our experiences on the power of protecting your energy and creating your boundaries. So what's one last word of advice that you would give to a woman who may not feel comfortable speaking about their boundaries or when the boundary is crossed? I'm going to jump in here. I, I think I would underscore what I said earlier on the podcast, and I would do that for I would do that through Lisa Nichols. And for those listeners who don't know who Lisa Nichols is, y'all, please go look her up. I have to look that up. Um, She has mad videos on YouTube. Her book, Abundance Now, truly is life-changing. She's the second black woman to have a publicly traded company. I mean, she's, she's a beast. Wow. Anywho, a lot of her teaching and writing and videos are about how we need to teach people how you want to be treated, right? And so at the end of the day, people don't know your boundaries unless you are making those clear. So like I said earlier, don't be shy about speaking up and to do so early. Trust me, it's going to save you a lot of unnecessary frustration and it's just going to be one less thing you got to unpack with your therapist. (laughs) Yes, talk space. Talk space. Um, Mine would be to practice with people who who love you unconditionally and be transparent about the practice. So if if you go to your sister or you go to your brother or you go to your best friend and say, hey, I'm really working on boundaries, so can you hold me accountable to that? And and work those muscles with them Mm -hmm. so that when you encounter strangers or people in your uh, broader network, you know how that works. You know how it feels. Mm -hmm. You know what it means. And you don't have to stumble through it because it can be awkward and you don't want to practice on a stranger and then lose an important connection, right. you know? So practice on the people who love you unconditionally so when you get it wrong, they yep. can they can gut check you right. and you can determine how to make sure that your words and actions truly match your intentions. Right. Because a boundary shouldn't be punitive. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? A boundary is healthy. So how do you communicate that in a healthy way so that people respect you and not... Um, just dislike you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And I guess, you know, mine is, my advice would be for those who feel like they can't trust their voice um, to set up those boundaries is to know that what is for you truly is for you. You can't get it wrong. You will always get it because that's what God wants you to have for one. And to actually go towards, so I think the, the lack of ability to have the boundary is a symptom of a deeper disease of not knowing your worth. And like I said, there's a couple of books like The Untethered Soul or The um, Power of One that speaks to the fact of that little voice that's constantly running into your mind. Like when you're in the shower or when you're driving down the road, it's that negative voice that always tells you that you do this wrong, you do that wrong, that you're not going to be good enough, that you're going to flunk this test. That's the voice that causes that weakness and confidence and knowing exactly what you add to the room. And that's what leads to that, that insecurity is what leads to you not being able to stand up and say, hey, this is my square of what I'll allow you to do to me, whether that's a relationship with a significant other, whether that's a, a, a kind of relationship within a boss or a, a company setting. Right. Or whether that's with friendships or where people take advantage of you. Um, it's because you, you don't feel like you have that worth to say, no, respect my space, mm-hmm. respect, respect what actually benefits me. So my advice would be to get to know yourself value yourself and if anyone can't see the worth of you be able to just let that go cut it off right bye Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, B-Packers, that's going to do it for this episode. We've given you the tools to chalk line the boundary markers of your life. Tell us what you thought about today's show and keep listening to the B-Word Unpacked. If there's a B-Word that you want us to unpack in the future, don't be shy to share it with us. So until then, let's, let's keep, keep unpacking. unpacking. 
Learn more about Goodstock Consulting at www.goodstockconsulting.com. Be sure to follow on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.